0: So you want to get your MBA and you've got a few questions. Well, we've got answers. Welcome to The MBA Podcast, the spot for honest and actionable advice about business school. For more information, check out our site at TheMBAPodcast.com. Now, here's your host, David O'Brien. Let's talk a little bit more about ChatGPT and if you should use it to do your essays. This is gonna be a experiment here. I'm gonna go a little bit more, more freeform with the episode here, so bear with me. Most of the upper other episodes, for the sake of time, have a pretty structured outline so that I make sure to get through all my points. Let's do this. Uh, I'm gonna try and break this episode up into philosophizing about ChatGPT and if you should be using AI, and then at the end, We'll start talking about ways to use ChatGPT further for your MBA application essays. What I'll do is after I'm done editing this episode, I'll come back right to about after this sentence or whatever and insert a timestamp, like a vocal timestamp. I'll just tell you what to skip to if you want to skip all my philosophizing. Turns out you'll want to skip all the way to minute 40. Now, before you skip ahead, listen to at least this part. I would absolutely beg you, especially as a future business leader, to listen to the philosophizing about it, not just to hear me speak, but I think I'm a super nerd. Okay. I love Star Trek. I've watched way too many sci-fi things. I get really annoyed when they don't talk about how they've, how they've accomplished faster than like travel. Um, total nerd. I believe in the singularity. And I think AI and technology is inevitable. I I love ex machina. What I'm getting at is that I also think, though, that we have a very, very, very huge obligation to work well with AI right now. And it might not even be real AI, right? It could be machine learning, whatever you want to call it. We need to set a precedent right now to not be Luddites, but also not create Skynet and have a war versus a bunch of T-800s that look like Schwarzenegger. So we need to start deciding now, you as an individual, especially a future business leader, you need to start deciding how you're gonna interact with these things. And I think about it a lot, and I'd like to share that with you. Okay, all of that being said, go ahead and skip forward to whatever timestamp I said earlier. And for those of you who are staying with me, thank you. Let's do this. I like to do what I call the Goldilocks technique, where when I'm trying something new in life, I'll go too extreme, too lame, and then I'll find something in the middle. If I use tennis, my coach Maddie will tell me, hey, you need to follow through on your ground stroke. And I'll I'll follow through on the next stroke way too much. I'll look ridiculous. And Maddie will say something like, okay, that's cool, but you know, act like a normal human. And then I'll... On the next stroke, I'll do way too little of a ground stroke. She'll be like, okay, a little bit more. And then I'll find something in the middle. I I like kind of literally bordering my spectrum on either side to know how far I want to go or how far I don't want to go. And that's what we need to look at when it comes to AI. Do we want to be on the Luddite side and forsake all technology and say it's evil? Of course not. Do we want to be completely irresponsible and create the Terminator? Of course not. Those are our two sides, but they're still a little bit abstract. So I want to use a, a parable, analogy, metaphor, simile. Yes, we can define all those, but at the end of the day, they're basically examples. Um, I, I want to use one that actually helps us understand that spectrum. So do me a favor, pretend like we are not discussing a MBA application. Forget the MBA for a second, if you can, I know that might be difficult, but let's talk about just in terms of pure creativity. Let's talk about poetry. Okay. Now what I'm going to do here is read you a part of a poem that I really like then we're gonna to go to chat GPT and I'll probably do it, uh, I, I know this isn't live, it's recorded, but I'll do it as live as possible. So if you hear some clicking and stuff, that's me literally on the keyboard and not having the audio knowledge on how to remove that. Um, so yeah, it might get a bit rough here in the middle, but what I really wanna do is give you a unedited, real, unscripted reaction, to what ChatGPT can do with poetry. And then what I'm hoping to do with this episode is I will, I'll probably take a, a, a break and or edit out the silence, but I wanna type up kind of some reasons that I want to get an MBA. You know, I'll say, oh, you know, I grew up poor and I wanna be an ethical business leader and I'd like to work in the finance sector. Now write an essay based off of that and we'll look at it and we'll see what actually pops out, if it's worth using or not, and we'll discuss. But let's talk about poetry real real quick. I'm going to pause this, but with the miracle of my novice editing, it will not seem like a pause to you at all. So this is, I had to go actually get my book because I want to be able to read it to you in 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 the proper way, which I'll explain in just a second. But this is one of my favorite things. I was going to use a technical term there, but it doesn't matter. This is one of my favorite pieces from the poem Pale Fire or the Pale Fire poem within that book. It's a weird book. I'll discuss that on another podcast. But this is a... uh, Actually, you know what? Let's just get to it. It's by Vladimir Nabokov. I might be mispronouncing his last name, Uh, whatever. One of you you know, super pedantic people can correct me and feel good about yourself when you do. That would be awesome. But... Let's do this. I'm going to read you the poem and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. I can't tell you how I knew, but I did know that I had crossed the border. Everything I loved was lost, but no aorta could report regret. A sun of rubber was convulsed and set and blood black nothingness began to spin. A system of cells interlinked within cells interlinked within cells interlinked within one stem and dreadfully distinct against the dark, a tall white fountain played. So that's one way to read it. This is and and get ready for uh, let me let me pull out my my teacher hat here so I make sure to get this right. Um, this poem is a heroic couplet with stanzas uh, consisting of two rhyming lines that are in iambic pentameter. So yeah, whatever that means to you, right? I think there's uh, the cantos, which are like chapters, are divided into four cantos, and I think the poem has something like mm, it's either. No, it's not 666. It's 999 lines. Now, skipping what all of that means, I'm going to read it to you the way a lot of people would read it, which is completely fine with emphasis on the line or on the end line rhyme. And what it looks like is um, really what you would expect a poem to look like. Um, You know, there's there's. There's a new line, like every, every, at the end of the rhyme, there's a new line. And you would call that enjambment if you were a poet. So let me read this to you one more time with emphasis on the end line rhyme. I can't tell you how I knew, but I did know that I had crossed the border. Everything I loved was lost, but no aorta could report regret. A son of rubber was convulsed and set and blood black. Nothingness began to spin a system of cells interlinked within Cells interlinked within cells interlinked within one stem and dreadfully distinct. Against the dark, a tall white fountain played. So however you want to read this or listen to it or hear it, the point here is that this is a formal poem. Uh, Iams are essentially a measure of stress, the pentameter or pentameter is a measure of how many syllables you have. So um, Vladimir on this, Mr. Vlad, was essentially counting syllables and making sure that at least the end line syllable rhymed. He also has slant rhymes in there, he has ghost syllables, so on and so forth. What I'm getting at though is that how I read it the first time was basically just reading the poem. How I read it the second time was emphasizing the structure of the poem because there is a very strong structure. Shakespeare wrote a lot in imperfect iambic pentameter. Now, the reason that's relevant is that when we go to chat GPT, I'm not going to ask it to do a freeform poem, right? Because nowadays, and I say this kind of sarcastically, anything can be a poem, um, which I'm kind of okay with, kind of not. Uh, that's a that's a talk for a whole different podcast. But we're going to give chat GPT actual structure, right? So I'm going to ask it to write a heroic couplet, iambic pentameter, right? Poem of let's say 10 lines about something. Actually, let's make it funny. We're going to talk about applying to Harvard graduate business school. So again, I'll be right back. I guess I can stop saying that and just like edit that out or pause the recording. Modern technology is amazing. Give me one sec and we'll, we'll see what chat GPT can do. So I have not clicked, so you'll probably hear me click on ChatGPT, but I told it, write a 10-line poem in heroic couplets about applying to Harvard Business School. Uh, the reason I left out iambic pentameter is that heroic couplets are rhyming IAMs, so it already should know that. And let's click. All right, let's see. <laughs> I, I have a sneaking suspicion this might actually be okay. Um, here we go, ChatGPT poetry. In ivy-covered halls, ambition takes its flight. Harvard Business School, where dreams ignite. With resumes polished and hopes held high, we strive to reach the Harvard sky. In case studies and lectures, we seek to excel, crafting strategies where success will dwell. MBA aspirations, a journey we embrace to lead with wisdom and skills to embrace. And Harvard's embrace will learn and grow the future of business we're posed to to show. With purpose and vision, we aim to ascend to Harvard Business School where dreams never end. That does not suck at all. Sure, if you're an actual poet, you might be like, oh, that's terrible and derivative. Remember, if it's derivative, it needs to be derivative of something. So what's a derivative of, right? Every other poem ever written? Sure, because it's being trained off of poems. Honestly, I love that, right? In ivy-covered halls, ambition takes its flight. to Harvard Business School, where dreams ignite. That's awesome, Okay, I got to do, let's do one more. That's freaking cool. Um, command command C, because I know how to do my stuff. And obviously I'm on a Mac because I said command. Applying to Chicago booth. All right, Chicago booth. There we go. To Chicago booth, my aspirations soar and sing. In the city's heartbeat where knowledge takes its wing. With essays and interviews, my path I trace to gain a place in this prestigious space. Oh my God. I'm fine. That's amazing. At booths, hollowed halls, ideas take flight. Entrepreneurial spirits burn so bright. MBA dreams like the windy city's breeze, innovate and strategize with expertise. Ooh, that's a good rhyme. Breeze and expertise. With data and insights, I'll chart my way to Chicago booth where I'll learn and sway to shape a future in the business world's grand play. These are great. Um, yeah. You know, again, like a super pedantic critic, uh, uh, a literary critic would hate these. Right. But they hate everything. So who cares? Um, This is awesome. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So this is kind of the the danger of recording this live. I actually kind of need to stop and think because that's wonderful. Now, that being said, I think there were a couple. Yeah. You can see like ambition takes flight with a Harvard one and then takes its wing, ideas take flight, right? So Harvard is their first line, in ivy-covered halls, ambition takes its flight. At booths, hollowed halls, ideas take flight. So a couple takeaways from this. One, if you are planning on just using ChatGPT to write an essay for you, you probably shouldn't because there's probably gonna be a very easy way, especially if you're kind of lazy with it, for directors to say, oh, you know, I had 17 essays turned in that all talk about, you know, taking wing and ideas take flight in some slight variation. Okay. Cause again, chat GPT, AI, machine learning, whatever you want to call it is trained off of stuff that already exists. Now this is still just fun. Um, and I enjoyed it, but we have, I think in the first one we have to lead with wisdom and skills to embrace, or sorry, let me do that again. MBA Aspirations, A Journey We Embrace to Lead with Wisdom and Skills to Embrace. It's rhymed embrace with embrace. I, if you're a good poet, you can do that and no one will call you out on it because that's what happens when you're good. People just let you do whatever you want in literature, which usually doesn't end well. But in theory, we don't want to rhyme embrace with embrace. So take that for what it's worth. Obviously, there's some editing to do here, but overall... Really, really fun to do and hilarious. And I'd really encourage you to do your own. So the prompt is write a 10-line poem in heroic couplets about applying to and then put your school in there and see what it says. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so that's one end of the spectrum, right? Is that going to be, actually, you know what? Let me try one more prompt. Um, Bear with me here, okay? We're gonna do Harvard Business School. All right, write a 10 line poem in heroic couplets about applying to Harvard Business School in the style of the poem Pale Fire. Let's see, because I'm sure it's read Pale Fire. It's public domain, so it should have it. I was going to say something about Pale Fire's uniqueness, but then I was like, well, let's see if it can copy it. To Harvard's, to Harvard's gates, my journey I commence, where Harvard's business schools, the recompense, and numbers and case studies I'll find my way, a path to lead in the business world ballet good rhyme way and ballet with essays penned like i all endeavor to show my worth my passion and my fervor for HBS the beacon the beacon on my quest I a haven where my dreams are put to test in case in classroom I'll seek to aspire Harvard Business School my heart's true desire with learning and leadership I'll reach higher and higher okay um I mean my initial take on it is that the end line rhyme is getting more structure and complicated, which is cool, which certainly would be fitting to uh, Vladimir's poem. But and this is this is obviously probably a, a result of initial conditions, right? I'm telling it to write about something very specific. Pale Fire is about who, well, I, I have an idea of what it's about, but you know that's incredibly debatable. It's it's a 999 line poem. It covers a lot. So when you look at stuff like against the dark, a tall white fountain blade, you know, are you going to get something usable out of that? And I got to stop with ChatGPT GPT because I wanted to type that in and say, like, rework this poem. But let's let's, you know, not bore you to death with ChatGPT GPT prompts. Anyway, it writes good stuff. But what I'm seeing right now is obviously you'll still need to edit it. Now, the next test I want to do with it before we really start discussing how to use it or the philosophy of it is I'm gonna, once again, take a break here and then I'm gonna type in, well, I'll tell you the prompt in just one second, hold on. So I pulled the prompt straight from Wharton's MBA application and the prompt I wrote was write an MBA admissions essay with no more than 500 words addressing the following prompt. How do you plan to use the Wharton MBA program to help you achieve your future professional goals? You might consider your past experience, short and long-term goals, and resources available at Wharton. Now, for what it's worth, before I click submit on this, this to me is the way, and I'm not just saying this. There's there's no I have no skin in the game right now. This is the exact way not to use ChatGPT, GPT. And I think this is what the majority of um uh, of MBA school, sorry, it's it's um, generating right now. So I was reading it. This is what the majority of MBA schools are worried about. I'm going to make a prediction while it's writing this that this is probably going to be very generic. And it used all 500 words. So let's try and get through this. I'll, I'll read you some. Okay. Uh, title: Leveraging the Wharton MBA to Catalyze My Professional Journey. Already hate it. It's already douchey. Do not use a word like catalyze. You are not. I'm a, MFA in creative writing and catalyze is a stupid word. Okay. I ugh, already bad. Um, but maybe that's confirmation bias. Let's try and be a little less biased here. Okay. Title Leveraging the Wharton MBA to Catalyze My Professional Journey. The journey leading to this moment has been shaped by a myriad of experiences, all converging on my singular goal to create transformative change in the realm of sustainable finance. The Wharton MBA program stands as my ideal platform to further this aspiration, drawing from my both my past experiences and the exceptional resources Wharton offers to sculpt a path that not, not only transforms my career, but also contributes to a more sustainable and equitable future. This, in my opinion, which, remember, is the opinion of someone that read applications, sucks, and I can tell that either realistically, maybe a couple of years ago, we would say like you probably paid somebody to write this, but here's a couple of, I, I'm not just saying this either. Like bear with me, here, right? The journey leading to this moment has been shaped by a myriad of experiences. That is a crap sentence. Okay. One by a myriad of experiences is a stupid way to use the word myriad, myriad of You can just say by myriad experiences. It doesn't need to be a myriad of experiences. That right there is chat GPT pulling a whole bunch of kind of poorly written PhD theses by non writers who all use the phrase by a myriad of experiences. You can just say myriad experiences. That's fine. A and of need to come out. They are extra words, especially for something that has a word count. Why the hell would you say by a myriad of experiences? Additionally, if you're going to be the type of person to use a word like myriad, you might want to know how to use it properly. This very first sentence shows me that you do not. Also, you're using the phrase has been. The journey leading to this moment has been shaped by holy crap not technically passive voice but it's a passive sentence right myriad experiences shaped my journey and led me to this moment much better sentence and i just pulled that out of my butt right the journey leading to this moment has been shaped by a myriad of experiences all converging on my singular goal ooh they use a colon too to create transformative change in the realm of sustainable finance essentially if you google keywords right it even i think it had equity in it here and Equitable. Okay, I had equitable. Let's see. um, My background in finance, comprehensive view of the financial world. No, no, it didn't. You're like a 27-year-old. You don't have a comprehensive view of anything. It's also illuminated the urgency of addressing the environmental and social changes we face. Guided by this conviction, my short-term goal is to pivot into impact investing. Leveraging finance as a force for good. Wharton's renowned faculty, such as professor Kathleen Klein and Chris Getzky And I'm so sorry, professors, if I'm mispronouncing your name, um, much respect to you, who specialize in impact investing, coupled with its strong connections to organizations like Wharton Social Impact. My God, that's a one sentence. OK, what I'm getting at here is that if you use ChatGPT in a crappy way, and I would be honest with you right now, if I thought this could get you into an MBA school and maybe it will, you could you can try it. Um, you know, if, if you get caught or if you get rejected, I can pretty much just say, you know, too bad, but this sucks, right? This is exactly what a, a typical essay looks like, where it's a whole bunch of big words. This is exactly what George Orwell, one of the greatest essayists of all time would rage against. I mean, most of these are just, Oh my God. And it goes on and on. It used all 500 words for sure. Let's, let's read the conclusion. Okay. Oh, Man, this this is this is very holy crap. ChatGPT, come on! Um, <laughs> this is the conclusion paragraph, and if you're if you're a writer or a reader, this these first two words are going to make you throw up a little bit. So I'm sorry. In conclusion, my journey thus far has shaped a passion for sustainable finance, and my aspiration to harness the Wharton MBA program to propel me into a career dedicated to this cause. Wharton's resources, world-class faculty, diverse student body. And global perspective make it the perfect crucible for me to refine my skills, broaden my horizons, and ultimately achieve my professional goals. I am excited about the prospect of joining the Wharton community and contributing to its rich legacy of producing visionary leaders who drive positive change in the world of business and finance. Woohoo. Congratulations, you are not going to be a Wharton MBA student. This is a very good example. Actually, you know what's crazy? I've read essays like this. Man. I probably got, I'm sure I got chat GPT. That's fine. There are people out there. And I mean, honestly, what, what the hell's some random podcast dude going to do to change your mind? If you're going to use it, you're going to use it. But again, um, I can also tell you that at least for what little influence I had, right. I'm not sure if we've discussed it in another episode, but you're, you're read by multiple directors, right? I guarantee you, if I read an essay like this, you would not be getting in. You could have a 780, and I tell you to go stuff it because unless you're, I mean, who writes like this? Especially if you're like the average MBA applicant and you're a 27 year old trying to kind of live above what you've been doing previously, right? Everybody tries to put on their best face. This is just crap. All right, so seriously, I I don't care if you, actually, I guess that's the truth. I don't care if you use, and not that it matters what I care, but I don't care if you use ChatGPT in this exact way. Write an MBA admissions essay with no more than 500 words addressing the following prompt. The reason why, as unethical as it may be, it's not going to work. These essays suck. Now, here's the second... let Let's. I got to tone it down, right? Obviously, I get fired up about crappy writing. Um, There's another issue, right? A huge issue with this. And do you know what it is? We didn't even tell ChatGPT why we, me, as David O'Brien, want to go to Wharton. So you know, there there's, well, I could excuse, let's say, um, and this is not, not excuse. Like if you have true trouble writing, right. I mean, if if you're, if you're dyslexic and use chat GPT, I think that's an amazing use of chat GPT. You can go back and forth with it. it. You can have long conversations about what you're trying to do. I think that's a great enabling factor that AI can bring to this world. But if you don't tell chat GPT anything, it will come up with fake reasons, right? Um, what What was guided by this conviction? Like what? Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't be look. Uh, you're honestly that's such a lie. Guided by this conviction, I know we're asking Chat GPT to lie, right? I'm not saying Chat GPT is bad right now, but my background in finance. I mean, it's coming up with a background for us. Imagine if your background wasn't in finance and you were super lazy and you just copy and pasted this, but you came from, you know, you're an MD and it says my background in finance. You just screwed yourself, buddy. Anyway, this is coming up with way too much fake stuff, and it's trite and contrived and awful. And for people, like I'm not saying every emissions director would go to the very first line. This journey leady, this. The journey leading to this moment has been shaped by a myriad of experiences. I'm not saying they would have the same reaction I did, but no one's going to naturally like drool over that sentence. Right. Again, you shouldn't need an MFA to write a good essay or read a good essay. But there's something here that's just kind of like or or maybe the fact is that there's nothing here is more like it. So one sec, I need to make another chat prompt and we'll talk about that one. Okay. The new admissions is, or sorry, the new prompt is write an MBA admissions essay with no more than 500 words. You've heard this Uh, addressing the following prompt. How do you plan to use the Wharton MBA program to help you achieve your future professional goals? You might consider your past experience, short and long-term goals and resources available at Wharton. Now, this is the part I added. Consider the following when writing this essay. I do not have a business background. I am a doctor. I want to create an app That helps people share and control their health records with any medical professional without having to work through the bureaucratic red tape that is a medical records request. So now we've fed it some of my own personal, I mean, made up, but my own personal um, convictions to use their word. All right. It's taken a hot minute. I like that it titles the essay. Good for them. Uh, You do not do not title your essays, I guess, unless it tells you to, but I haven't seen one that does. Do not title your essays. It's kitsch Um, title bridging. Wait, bridging or bringing man it'd help if I could read, right? That's not a word. Is that a word? I think it's misspelled bridging should have a D in it. Brit weird. All right, bridging medicine and innovation, my Wharton MBA journey. As a physician with a <laughs> as a physician with a fervent belief in the transformative power of technology, I'm embarking on a unique journey to bring bridge the gap between the healthcare industry and innovation. While I lack a formal business background, my passion for healthcare and my vision to create an app that simplifies health record sharing and access motivate my pursuit of the Wharton MBA program. Okay, I I got lost. Uh, While I lack a formal business background, my passion for healthcare and my vision to create an app that simplifies health record sharing and access motivate my pursuit of the Wharton MBA program. Cool. My experiences as a doctor have given me firsthand insights into the challenges patients face when navigating the complex healthcare system. Cool. Cool. The cumbersome process of requesting and sharing medical records often hinders timely and effective care. It is this problem that fuels my entrepreneurial ambition to develop an app that empowers individuals to share and control their health records seamlessly. Oh, that's got to be more than 500 words. Actually, you know what? Let me let's actually check this out real quick. I'd be curious if it actually kept it to um, 500 words. So let's do this. Sorry to make you wait while I do this. You'll have to give me feedback on this episode if you loved it or hated it. Um, This kind of looser format, just an experiment. Ooh, it is 505 words. Interesting. You know, and I bet you if we took the title out, it would actually be, ooh, that's weird. If we take the title out, is it exactly 500 words? That would be amazing. Uh, No, I don't believe so. And I'm not going to make you wait to sit there. Anyway. Interesting. Right. I, I guess, um, I'm not going to read you the whole thing again, but oh here we go. The, the final paragraph in conclusion, my unique background, you, you get my point, right? Um, using it in this way is inappropriate. Okay. But in the previous, in the, in the part two essay, um, episode we discussed how it can refine your writing already. So, let me let me find a little bit of writing and we'll try and let it refine it again just to give one more example here. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say maybe you're listening to the podcast because you have time to listen to a podcast. I was getting really conscious about how much time this episode's taking, but at the end of the day, who cares? Let's try stuff. All right. Um I'm going to read you a rough draft of a uh Kind of like a short form explanation. I don't want to call it an essay. I'm going to read you a the entire thing. It's just a page and a half that I wrote about. Um, well, you'll see. So you, this will, some of this will sound familiar too. Compelling communication is clear and concise. You know this. Leaders like you work through others. To lead effectively, you must communicate clearly. You know this. What's another alliterative word we can throw in? How about confidence? Lots of us lack confidence when it comes to communicating, inspiring buy-in, hell, just inspiring. Let's fix that. Let's make you a badass communicator. Let's make you someone people want to follow. For the low price of 99 bucks, you too can, nah, just kidding, let's call my fee free. Just remember me, you know, when you're ruling the world and whatnot. First, let's get on the same page. To do that, I want you to read the following passage by Professor Lasky, the leader of the British Labour Party from 1945 to 46, and a professor at the London School of Economics. I am not, indeed, sure whether it is not true to say that Milton, who once seemed not unlike a 17th century Shelley, had not become, out of an experience even more bitter in each year, more alien to the founder of that Jesuit sect, which nothing could induce him to tolerate. That is, Professor Harold Lasky from his essay in Freedom of Expression. That, my friends, is shit. It's academic nonsense and essentially the same as masturbating in public. Lasky wants to sound smart. How smart? Smarter than you. But he's a professor, you say? Yeah, of economics, not writing, and it shows. Don't just take my word for it, though. Lasky's excerpt is... Excerpt, is one of many examples used in another, more critical essay. An overview of Lasky and others' issues, according to this new author, is as follows. Each of these passages has faults of its own, but quite apart from avoidable ugliness, two qualities are common to all of them. The first is staleness of imagery. The other is lack of precision. The writer either has a meaning and cannot express it, or he inadvertently says something else, or... He is almost indifferent as to whether his words mean anything or not. This mixture of vagueness and sheer incompetence is the most marked characteristic of modern English prose, and especially of any kind of political writing. Stale imagery, incompetence, indifference, vagary, a lack of precision. This, about a professor's essay? A professor at the London School of Economics is an incompetent writer. How dare they? Speaking of they, who is they? George Orwell. You might know him as the greatest essayist of all time or from one of his books. They aren't super well-known landmarks of literature or anything. It's totally cool if you haven't heard of him. You know, 1984, Animal Farm. So, yeah, I'm standing on the shoulders of a giant named George and telling you my reader that you don't need to feel stupid for not understanding Lasky's and countless others horrid writing. They just suck at writing. All right. That is an actual piece that I wrote and all of the little like, um, you know, nuanced stuff I put in there, which seems like it's not in the sentence is in the sentence. I write, I write the way I speak. Um, Orwell is awesome. Obviously, as I've said a million times, read politics in the English language because it's good and it will help you feel better about why. I mean, I am not indeed sure whether it is not true to say that Milton, who once seemed not unlike us. Oh, my God, that's nonsense. That's like a one, two, three, four, five. Oh, that's all one sentence, too. That is a what? What? what's a five, not a double, a penta negative. It has five negatives. In it, Yeah, I, I mean, double negatives are bad enough. I don't even know what to say about five negatives. Anyway, stick with me here. Hopefully this is of some use to you. All right. I went back. I already did this um, chat GPT. I said, act as an expert essayist and make this essay better. And then I put in copy and pasted exactly what you just read. This is what chat GPT spit back out. Now I haven't read this yet, so it might be much better than mine. Title. Oh God. Title. The Art of Effective Communication. Inspiring Confidence in Your Leadership. You gotta love when titles have colons in it and then a subtitle. That yeah. Effective communication is the cornerstone of leadership. As leaders, we work through others, and to lead successfully, we must communicate clearly and confidently. But here's another alliterative word to consider, confidence. Many of us struggle with confidence when it comes to communication, whether it's inspiring buy-in from our teams or simply inspiring them to follow our lead. Let's embark on a journey to transform you into a powerful communicator, someone who naturally inspires others. And don't worry, there's no fee attached to this transformation. Consider it my contribution to your future world domination endeavors. (laughs) To get started, let's establish a common ground. I invite you to delve into a passage by Professor Harold Lasky, a prominent leader of the British Labor Party and a professor at the London School of Economics. Lasky's passage reads as follows. I am not indeed sure whether it is not true to say that the Milton, who once seemed not unlike a 17th century Shelley, had not become, out of an experience, even more bitter in each year, more alien to the founder of that Jesuit sect, which nothing could induce him to tolerate. I'm glad that ChatGPT knew it was a quote and knew not to edit it. That's good. Uh-huh. See, I said not there. Now I now I hear it too much. Anyway, uh, Professor Harold Lasky, essay in Freedom of Expression. Now, I must be blunt. It's safe to say that Lasky's writing falls short. <laughs> uh, what'd I say? Hold on. Where, where's mine? It is. Uh, oh, where is it? That, my friends, is shit. This is ChatGPT. Now, I must be blunt. It's safe to say that Lasky's writing falls short. Yes, yes it is. All right, it comes across as academic jargon and could be likened to public self-indulgence. Lasky's intention might have been to appear intelligent, but his excessive verbosity, like, seriously? You you're critiquing excessive verbosity by saying excessive verbosity only serves to Oh my god, I hate ChatGPT. Listen to this sentence. Listen to how unaware This is Lasky's intention might have been to appear intelligent, but his excessive verbosity only serves to obfuscate his message. That is literally proving that ChatGPT has learned nothing, not that we expect it to, from what I'm trying to tell it. Lasky's intention might have been to appear intelligent, but his excessive verbosity only serves to obfuscate his message. And if you say verbosity, I don't know which one is right. I don't really care. But hold on, you might say. Isn't Lasky a professor? Yes, he is. But his expertise lies in economics, not writing. And that distinction becomes painfully evident in his prose. Don't take my word for it. Let's turn to George Orwell, widely regarded as one of the greatest essayists of all time. You might might be more familiar with his sentimental, oh, sorry, of course, with his seminal works, such as 1984 and Animal Farm. Orwell echoes our sentiments, criticizing not just Lasky, but also countless others who fall into the trap of convoluted writing. He identifies two common qualities in such writing, staleness of imagery and lack of precision. Orwell contends that these writers often have a meaning, but struggle to express it clearly, inadvertently convey... It's a weird sentence. Orwell contends that these writers often have a meaning, but struggle to express it clearly, inadvertently convey different messages Okay. Or. Exhibit indifference to the clarity of their words. This mixture of vagueness and incompetence, he asserts, characterizes modern English prose, particularly in the realm of political writing. In essay, in in, in essence, Lasky's passage, despite his academic credentials, showcases the very issues Orwell highlights. It exemplifies the pitfalls of overcomplicated, imprecise writing. In conclusion, you need not feel inadequate for struggling to decipher Lasky's or others' obscure writing. Even a professor at the London School of Economics can stumble in the realm of effective communication. As you embark on your journey to become a more confident and influential leader, remember that clarity and precision in your communication will set you apart. You're in excellent company with George Orwell, guiding the way. And together, we can make sure your message is heard loud and clear, inspiring those around you to follow your lead. ChatGPT, ladies and gentlemen. All right. so. Yeah. What I was saying earlier about, I'm not terribly worried about like chat GPT replacing me. Um, Yeah. Now you may, you know, academically someone would probably like, they think they would like chat GPTs more. It sounds more academic, right? It also just says a whole bunch of crap over and over and over again, and doesn't actually communicate clearly or show you the importance of communicating clearly by communicating clearly. Right, it's not a it's not a difficult thing here. Now, I will say, of course, if I were submitting this to um, an academic department or somehow using it for an MBA, I probably wouldn't cuss in it. Uh, there are limits, right? You don't want to be so. Uh, what's the saying? You, you don't want to speak so loudly that others can't hear you. You know, because you're screaming. Um, So you don't want to hit them over the head. Now, this this passage that I wrote has never seen the light of day until today. So I don't really care that it has cuss words in it. Now that's not to say that I haven't, I mean I've cussed in plenty of my um plenty of my writings, but gonna go ahead and say that it's definitely not recommended to cuss in your MBA application essay. Anyway, other than that, uh Chat GPT just really in, in really kind of a uh funny way um ruined what I wrote by writing exactly what I was writing against which cool so yeah that was basically hopefully a case in point example of why chat gpt can't really at least for right now replace a unique voice in writing additionally if you do use it to actually write your essay you're going to come across with a really annoying voice and trust me when an academic director has to read a hundred of these essays in a row. You do not want to be the person that ends your essay with in conclusion. That's terrible. So you get my point. Okay. That is, I think enough philosophizing. I think right now we'll use this as the timestamp for when, if you want to skip the whole philosophical argument about it and just learn how to use it, they will be, or you will be coming in here. So how I would recommend using it after going through that experiment is kind of what we did in that previous episode. I want you to brainstorm and think of stuff and try and write your essay as best you can and then ask ChatGPT to do one of two things. These are the only two things I've seen it do properly uh, or safely and uh, safely in terms of it's not going to get you... um, I mean, ethically, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're even supposed to use chat GPT, but I really don't think there's an ethical issue with it. It's like a, it's like a free tutor, right? They can help you with writing. It can do what I can do to a, a pretty high level, honestly. Um, and there's no problem with that. I think, you know, more people that are able to write well is, is just a, a good thing. So really I, I call bullshit on anybody that says that it's completely unethical to use chat GPT in any way. What the concern is, is that if you ask ChatGPT to write an essay for you, one, it'll make stuff up, two, it will write very, very kind of copy-paste exactly what you're used to hearing in academic nonsense essays and articles. The good way to use ChatGPT, I would say, is write your essay and ask it to do Two things, um, probably one after the other, but experiment around with it and see what happens. One, I would ask it to pick out the strongest parts, right? Just just to see what it throws back at you, kind of ask it to hotspot your own writing. And then two, ask it to condense your writing. I would probably, and I might do that, I might use Chat GPT on my own stuff for a while and see what it does when it comes to condensing. And really, I don't think you're going to be able to use copy and paste verbatim what ChatGPT gives you. But pay attention to it, right? Like what we learned in the last episode was that the the condensory, which is a fake word, but we use it in poetry, um, the condensory that ChatGPT does seems to be really good. It it pulls out. The main parts, and I wouldn't be surprised if it uses that first last technique. That's not a that's not a me technique. Usually, the first and last sentences. Like if you're trying to uh, quickly read through a academic book, a uh, textbook, read the first and last sentence of each paragraph, and you'll get like ninety nine point nine percent of what they're saying. It's annoying. Anyway, um, ChatGPT seems to be good at condensing, but then you need to go through and look at what it chose to condense, and then give some thought as to why it removed what it did. Again, we'll, of course, if you work with me, we'll do stuff similar, but I am totally not against using chat GPT for those sorts of feedback things. Just don't use it to, you know, create stuff out of thin air, because even if you're not concerned with it being an ethical issue, it's not good at writing compelling essays. It's good at writing very Copy, paste, cut, and paste, bland, crappy academic jargon, which will not get you into an MBA school. So on that note, let's go ahead and finish here. Thank you uh, so much for listening to me just ramble on on a um, non-scripted podcast if you liked this at all, I would love feedback. I think you can do it in the Spotify app or on our webpage. Um, if you hated it too, you know, be, be gentle. I am, I am a human and I have, I have feelings. A lot of them I did major in poetry, so be gentle, but if you didn't like it, I would love that feedback as well. Um, as always have a wonderful, wonderful day and we will talk soon.